Hey everybody, welcome to Smashing Game Time. I'm your host, Nick. I am joined by two special guests today. I have the team at Black Tabby Games. I am joined by Abby Howard, the co-creator, artist, and editor of Slay the Princess. And I'm also joined by Tony Howard Arias. I got that right. Uh, lead writer and game designer of Slay the Princess. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show and for coming to talk to us about your new game, Slay the Princess. Yeah, thank thanks you for so having us. Guess. And I wanted to congratulate you. I was actually just on the Steam page. You guys won Best Indie RPG at the OTK Video Game Awards. Congrats. We sure did. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Very happy I, about that. I forget that we're still technically in award season, so stuff is still going out, even though the VGAs have come and gone. Um, so real, really quick, Black Tabby Games. Uh, what? How did you guys get started? I guess the better question would be you guys are a married development team. Mm-hmm. How did you guys meet? It was through a mutual friend that I knew in high school. And who I, I went to college with. Yeah, you know, Tony went to college with her. And then we met through her and we wound up doing a tabletop game together. Tony DM'd and I thought he was cute. So <laughs> <laughs> we started going on dates together and that's how we started. <laughs> and so you did you guys have, when you met, was the background, were you guys both in coding or uh art majors maybe working on an mfa was the was the intent always like hey we should make some games together no that yeah. would be a really funny start to a relationship though <laughs> just <laughs> wow i have game skills we should get together and start a game studio and get married do it all <laughs> uh i was a cartoonist for uh i think at that point like seven years so i had released a bunch of graphic novels and had been working in comics for a long time uh and I didn't study art in school. I studied evolutionary biology, but, you know, it's good to know a lot of different things. Yeah, I was uh, working in marketing for a slew of boring tech startup jobs. Think you also of- worked at the Boston Globe. Yeah, look, I looked back at that time with tiredness in my soul. <laughs> I know for some people that was a very interesting job, but... Um, I don't know. I've got that little bug where I can't work for other people for too long. Um, and you yearned for creative expression. Yeah. So. I was a screenwriting major in college, but didn't really have an outlet for that stuff other than, I guess, improv in my adult life. After a couple years of us dating, I want to say, we were at New York City Comic Con together. And Tony was kind of between... Four. Four years. Four years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many anyway we've so, all lost track at this yes. point uh we got talking with a friend of ours about doing a demon dating simulator well it was more like just kind of a, an exercise yeah. in thinking date- through what it would be like but um yeah like a dating sim where every date you go on becomes a horror scenario over time yeah um and we were both kind of at career crossroads and uh, wrapping up a graphic novel And not really loving what I had lined up next or what I was trying to line up next, because a lot of comic books are, if you're working with like a mainstream publisher, then you're usually making kids graphic novels and it's just not my style of stories. So I was struggling to come up with something that wasn't too grim for 12 year olds. And I was, I was done with uh, the tech startup I'd co-founded with some college friends and was trying to figure out the next thing. So we had an idea and then we ran with it and then COVID happened and it forced us to really run with it. And that became 
Scarlet Hollow, which is our other, I was going to say first game, but it's our other one because it's still an ongoing project. Technically, Slay the Princess is our first full release. Scarlet Hollow is on episode four of its planned seven, seven in total. Well, congrats on your debut, kind of debut, but not your actual debut. <laughs> yeah, so, some awards consider this our debut and others do not. I don't know what to make of that. So technically, you guys are a brand new indie developer. By technically, that. this is our first game. We came out of nowhere with this one. It's <laughs> <laughs> their first game. They've never done this before. Well, they've never released the full thing right away. But no, <laughs> never congrats. done an ending before. So They've never done an ending. Well, congrats on the release, and it sounds like you guys both lived plenty of past lives before you got here. Uh, you mentioned Scarlet Hollow, your first game that is still, you guys are still uh, going through the episodes, kind of got a, a telltale thing going there with the episode, mm-hmm. the Delta Rune, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, you guys are in good company. Um, so, I, and I haven't played Scarlet Hollow, but I'm... I've, watched a trailer i've seen some clips from it and uh, very human story and slay the princess you actually mentioned this in a drawing stream that you're doing more existential uh what was the uh, thought process of going from one to the other i think part of it is um i'm more of an existential writer um so abby takes the lead on scarlet hollows scripts and then i come in and do my second pass and add more branching and like um you know variable relationships and stuff like that um whereas slay the princess was really born out of um what's the second project we could do um that doesn't impede on scarlet hollows development time too much because uh, I had a bunch of bandwidths between episode releases while I would wait for Abby to have the first draft of a script done. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you came up with a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea, too. Yeah. And it be any game. Yeah, exactly. Like so. every time I tell this story, I feel like some people take it out of context and are like, oh, so this means that I see Slay the Princess is the cash grab game while Scarlet Hollow is the passion project. And I don't think we're capable of making things that aren't passion projects. Like Slay the Princess is very much a passion project. We poured our hearts and souls into it for the seven months of dev time it took. Um, It's just sometimes the realities of running a business form constraints that you have to adapt to. And they were very helpful constraints here. Um, So I'd say a lot of the differences between Scarlet Home and Slay the Princess are kind of just differences in the creative. So, yeah. I tend towards more character-driven, uh, grounded in reality kind of fiction. <laughs> with with it being more on the existential side, does that make it harder on a on you guys from a marketing standpoint? There have been no marketing challenges with Slay the Princess. It's been the easiest <laughs> thing to market. Um, I think there 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 are a lot of marketing challenges with Scarlet Hollow. I think one of the biggest ones is that. It doesn't really fit into the confines of how you typically pitch games. Um, Games are very rarely pitched with their narrative first. um, And we need like a couple paragraphs of story description to get the concept of Scarlet Hollow across. Where Slay the Princess, like, 
I feel like the capsule on Steam does a lot of the talking there. And then we only need like one or two words of description and people are like, oh, I see. I'm being told to do this thing. Well, 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 what if I don't? And then that's that's kind of it. Um, voice acting helps a lot on the marketing side, too. I'm very happy that we were able to secure two excellent voice actors who also have pretty substantial like uh, online fan bases that that helped with the game. Um, but yeah, I feel like the fact that it's kind of based around this central idea versus based around a cast of characters and kind of a, a town that you want to get to know and a mystery to solve, then it's a lot easier to convey because it can be conveyed in a sentence. Right. Like Scarlet Hollow, I feel is it's very hard to sell an individual copy of it relative to Slay the Princess. And then once that copy is sold, that person tends to get very into it and puts in like 10 to 20 hours and then they get their friends to do it. And that's, that's given us like a nice long tail. It gives them the it does. It, it it drives them insane, as we can see on our Discord every day. We love you all. It is a curse that we have spread to them. <laughs> and none of us would have it any other way. So I, I want to get to Slay the Princess, but I do have one more Scarlet Hollow question. Yeah, so sure. you, you guys are four four or five chapters into Scarlet Hollow. Mm-hmm. Four. And, that, and now, and I'm sure, so since those have come out, Slay the Princess has come out. And so you're going back and working on these remaining chapters. Do you got, have you guys had any issues or has there been any concern about like, you know, kind of like, Oh, we have these lessons that we've learned from Slay the princess that we want to apply to these chapters that we're working on now. Are you guys kind of in a different mindset, keeping it like, no, we need to stay in that mindset we were in before Slay the princess. Cause we don't want to, we don't want to change the scope or we don't want to, you know, make it feel like a completely different game. Fortunately, I think everything is done. Want to mute your computer, Abby? <laughs> um, I think everything that Slay the Princess has done for us has just increased our abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I would say that, like, um, the first Slay the Princess demo was very influential on Scarlet Hollow Episode Four's development. I think there's a reason why episode four is the strongest episode by far there. And then episode four's development was very influential on Slay the Princesses for the rest of the game. And now I think we're, uh, it's a given that we're going to take the the lessons we've learned from this process. Um, even if some of that is just growing as writers and artists and applying it to what comes next in Scarlet Hollow. The hardest thing with Scarlet Hollow is um, knowing when to stop editing early chapters because it's such a long project and I feel like both of us have improved as creative so much over the course of its development that it can be hard to like go back to the first couple chapters which people do still love and be like oh I would have done this differently if I I knew what I knew now but also like the first four episodes together are 580,000 words of dialogue long so like you can't really change too much of what happens in the first couple chapters without uh, swapping out like a load bearing beam in the basement of of the (laughs) game that everything else is reliant on of course fortunately like we have all of these people who really love it so that helps me to know that I don't have to really keep going back and editing even though I know now that if we start the project over it would be so much better for it 
because we've just grown so much through this process. But that's also something I'm very familiar with, like having worked on a lot of graphic novels before. Because by the time you hit the end of a graphic novel, you've always improved so much that you look back at the, begin at the beginning and you want to just redo it all from scratch. It is a very familiar feeling. And it's just something you got to sit with as a creative yeah. to know that you might now see all of its flaws, but nobody else is going to. I was about to say, if you are watching this and you have not yet played Scarlet Hollow, we are not negging our game. The first two episodes are still very good. People like it. Um, you should buy that too. And there may be a few assets that I'll fix. Just <laughs> it's okay. It's only like five of them. Well, I, I, and I think that's a very human, very human reaction, especially when you're working in the arts. You, I mean, I've got, I've got a screenplay that's buried in the yard that no one should ever see. But at one point, I thought that was the greatest thing I ever wrote. So I totally, I can totally relate to the feeling like earlier stuff's not, you know representing you where you're currently at exactly uh, so that and that leads me into my next question um slay the princess what the hell you guys you're supposed to save the princess where did this where did this idea come from um so it started with uh playing in a room of constraints and those constraints were uh what scenarios can we come up with that uh, would require fewer individual art assets from Abby. So like if we're looking at like just sort of making almost like a bottle episode type game where it's a singular location with like one character on screen, um, what can we do with that? Um, and I think very quickly landed on the idea of, okay, what if you're sent into a basement to execute this prisoner. Um, and you're, you're kind of given some information that she's very dangerous, but you're not, you're given a suspiciously light number of details um, and have to decide what you do on that. And the, the reason that you're given so few details is she's like a monster that changes her shape based on what others believe her to be. Um, so inherently, you have to have incomplete information. Otherwise, to get the more powerful she could yeah. be. So, and if and you when she exhibits any amount of power, then it's just like an it's exponential a scale from there. Um, and then that very quickly grabbed a princess angle to it. And Gabby suggested a princess angle um, uh, because it was like locked away in a yeah. tower. I think. It, I think it was always a cabin, but just like the idea of some important person locked away. Yeah. So. And then uh, she, she suggested just calling it Save the Princess. Ironically, uh, I realized that um, Slay is like a half rhyme with Save. And to our astonishment, when we Googled the title, which instantly felt like a great title, uh, there really wasn't much of anything. So we rushed into that. Mm -hmm before someone else could uh you know gobble it up um so it's an existential game and um very dark game like if you're just looking at screenshots you're like oh this is kind of dark but i found it as i was playing it more and more this game's kind of funny <laughs> uh was that always the intent are one of you secretly a comedy writer and we both uh, are okay all right <laughs> um 
when I start doing like just gag comics uh, and I've always loved especially the intersection of horror and humor it's always been kind of where I live so <laughs> yeah I wrote comedy in college mm -hmm. and yeah like I think horror and humor have a lot of similarities in how they uh, play with the audience's expectations and because of that they're very effective when used in in conjunction with each other where you can use uh, comedy to subvert expectations in one direction which gives you more room to re-subvert those expectations in another direction with horror now tony you mentioned some improv earlier was there any improvisation during any of the recordings uh, i know you guys got some very talented voice actors who very little i think one line which one? The bomb. Oh, yeah. Could we have a bomb? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, they just stuck to the script. Okay. And so there, we, we were talking before uh, we hit record. Uh, so, so many princesses. So, so, so many. Uh, when, when it came to, you know, directing, directing your voice actors, um, I mean, did you find, did you, like, were you bumping into situations where, like, okay, well, you know, uh, the prisoner's sounding too much like this, this princess over here, we need to change this or that. Was there a lot of, like, write, rewriting on the fly when you realize, like, oh, this is kind of, these two things are kind of bumping? There wasn't any rewriting from this. Um, but some of the princesses were definitely really hard to figure out, especially there are some princesses that are fusions of two princesses, and that those are the hardest to record the hardest because you have to say well you know these two voices can you somehow do one that is both of them at once <laughs> unfortunately yeah. we can help with like some um vocal effects for some princesses so that means we can just carry over a vocal effect to the fusion princess and then that helps and then she can kind of like read it more like the other princess and that fusion works but then there are some that were just so difficult and it's not it's because like she's an incredible voice actress and we just gave her a hor horrible challenge. So, <laughs> any any particular princesses stand out as a nightmare to record? That that wasn't the an on the nose comment. That wasn't pointed <laughs> at the nightmare. <laughs> yeah, the wraith was really hard. Like somewhere in between, because that's nightmare and specter together. Um, and also in her recording booth, I think it was like ninety plus degrees or something. Yeah, it was an it August was recording, and the AC the wasn't south. on. Because Unfortunate. if the AC is on, it makes a sound. So she was stuck in a super hot room trying to record this very difficult character who is just kind of hard to pin down because she's, yeah, it, it's just very difficult. So good job to her, though. She did it. What wonderful job from both. And there was there was points in the game. And this was about a month ago where I was like, oh, wait, this is the same person the whole way through. Kind of yeah. kind of blew my mind as I was playing through that. Uh so I, you guys did an AMA on our games. I want to say it was about a month ago. Yeah, it was like roughly after, a week after the release, I think. After release, and um, so and you kind of mentioned this earlier. The concept came up with in May, May of this year or May of last year. Last year, last year. Okay, I was we're not say, that this fast. Is, we're very fast. We're not very, that fast. Very fast. Like my gosh, is there something already in the in the chamber that we're going to see in a few months? So, I mean, okay, so you get the idea for the game last May. You're still working on Scarlet Hollow as well at that time. Mm -hmm. um, 
any any challenges in balancing the two at the same time? I know we kind of talked about like, you know, making sure the scope of one doesn't sneak into the other, but anything else off the top of your head? It's hard to switch modes. Yeah, switching modes is really tough. I've now switched back into Scarlet Hollow mode. And uh, I remain a little bit on Slay the Princess mode. Yeah, I mean, you've um, got to be because yeah. you're still <laughs> bug fixing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, switching is the toughest thing to do. They're they're so different uh, in the way that they feel to us personally. So, but once you switch, then you go right back into it. It's like a glove. You were just like, oh wow, yeah, I forgot how well this fit. I forgot how much I liked doing this. Yeah, and of course, like having just pushed ourselves really hard to write a game like Slay the Princess, like returning to things that are comfortable feel even more comfortable because now things that were challenges before for Scarlet Hollow are, they just don't feel that scary anymore, which is good. It means that they're going to be even better than they were going to be God, Except for the narrative bloat, like Scarlet Hollow just <laughs> by, by nature of how many decisions are in it is a lot to, to hold in your head. Yeah, I do have to kind of catch myself up on some of these things. Like there's one character in particular who can have all sorts of things happen to him. And I think I have to write his scenes eight times at least at least to, it's to too much sure that all of the variables are accounted for but this is what we're pouring all of our resources into so this is what we really care about uh so we we talked about the game being funny the game also kind of gets gross a little bit i had the i had the privilege of playing it on steam deck on a flight and uh, I, I'm avoiding. <laughs> I'm doing my best to avoid spoilers, just because, based off of you guys' AMA, you know, you don't want to spoil too much, but also you don't want to. Games. The game's been out like a month and a half. I feel like if folks are listening to this, they've probably already played. And if you are listening and you have not played yet, pause the podcast, play the game, return to the podcast. Um, this is now a spoiler zone. Tony took the words right out of my mouth. So I'm on the plane and I get to the prisoner and I'm sitting next to this wonderful, wonderful older woman who's just the nicest lady. And she's like, oh, you're playing a game. That's very nice. And I I don't think anything of it because I'm having a nice conversation with the prisoner. And she lops her her head off in the middle of the flight. Uh, Was there anything that went over the line for you guys? I, I know you mentioned there wasn't too much rewriting, but was there anything where it was like, Mm, this is too much we still got the esrb breathing down our necks or something uh that scene i think was the most yeah and there was an alternate version of that that actually did cross the line uh so instead we changed it to what it is which does not cross the line for us but we did also give people the option with that one in particular to close their eyes if they wanted to like you could decide not to look at the imagery uh, I recommend looking at the imagery. I am proud of it. I think it's worse if you don't look, honestly, because you have it to imagine great. what all those sounds are. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I, I think, like, compared to the loose original one, uh, which was uh, you would be the one doing the decapitation, this one just thematically fits a lot more. It makes her character more compelling. So that was, uh, got to that point in the script, it was just like, nah, this isn't, this isn't correct. <laughs> we'll move on. The, the, that it's funny that you played that on on an airplane. We got in trouble when someone played Scarlet Hollow on an airplane, and they did this whole "Am I the asshole?" thread on Reddit, being like, "I got yelled at by this old woman for playing this horrific game on a flight." And like Scarlet Hollow is a lot 
more infrequent with the like body horror than Slay the Princesses. Over the course of maybe eight hours, you will at most see maybe four pieces of brutal imagery. But that that am I the asshole thread got picked up by like five or six different British tabloids. Um, Just absolutely running with it. I've been. <laughs> hey, it, it markets itself. <laughs> It was so funny. Yes, how could these terrible devs make this? And how could this yes. terrible play- person play the, <laughs> the sinful content on an airline? I mean, once she lobbed her head off, I wasn't worried about her chewing her wrist off anymore. I was like, hey, yeah, you know you what? Go. They saw the worst of it. It's, it's just an, a human being chewing through her wrist. Leave her be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abby, on the art side, was any of this tough? To, I know you like working in the um what was what's the word i'm like the the cosmic horror side of it was any of this like harder on you to draw or was it just like like not challenging from like uh, oh this is hard but challenge oh, challenging is in a, oh this is gross like i don't i don't like this you're more on the gross side than the cosmic horror side yeah. <laughs> thanks uh every like the reason that the gore is so it's lovingly rendered, I would say, uh, and that's because I just, it fascinates me, the flesh, <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, just uh, I love to meditate on having a body and how horrible that is and all of the awful things that can happen to it, so yeah. Horrible, I fact, it's rad having a body. <laughs> in fact, uh, made a lot of the things probably more awful than they had to be. There's another part uh, in the Beast chapter that can the, get pretty the gross. part where you get bored yeah it can, mm, get, mm. it can get pretty gross I, I played that one last night and i was like okay are you gonna swallow my top half so i can stat i i was sitting there watching i was like oh because there, there were a few times where i like made a choice and i was like okay like obviously the next choice i'm gonna make is the one where it's do or die and i didn't get that choice i died right there i was like oh no, my oh, guts. Yeah, were you bitten in half? You're bitten in half. That's mm-hmm. a different one. Yeah, because you can also get swallowed whole. Inside of her, and you're dissolving, and you have to like cut your way to her heart. Anyway, I, I had a lot of fun with that. I think I read one of the one of the achievements and kind of had that spoiled in the achievement. Yeah. And so I, that when I got when I got cut in half, I was like, oh, are they going to come back for the other half? So yeah. I, I, I the bottom half of me was taken out and yeah that was that was gross that was really gross um <laughs> but the stuff that i i did struggle with some things and it was uh it was the cosmic horror, the cosmic stuff. horror mm-hmm. stuff because drawing a poem is very difficult yeah, <laughs> it's that part where the nightmare takes her mask yeah. off i don't know if you got to that but that was just sort of like her conveying her inner world through poetic thoughts um that that took you days days to figure yeah. out and it's not that many illustrations uh meanwhile the gore stuff took me like maybe much hours less time than yeah. That. yeah so <laughs> i mean the real struggle of it is that both you and the princess exist so far outside of the actual world like neither one of you can use any real imagery from the world to talk about like a life lived so that was just really hard at some point I had like made it too abstract and then we had to like draw it back to something recognizable it was so hard it was such a struggle and I'm still kind of like a little unhappy with it no it's great 
No edits. No notes. It's perfect. It's a 10. We don't we don't need to do any of that. <laughs> on the um so on the influences side, I saw I saw some some the usual suspects, the names you see everyone's the the Stanley Parable, uh the disco Elysiums of the of the world. I think uh I think I saw Tony mention that he started House of Leaves after um yeah after the game was done mm-hmm. uh on, on that front do you think do you think uh this might be a little different game if you had read house of leaves beforehand i don't think so i think i think uh touches on a lot of the same themes and i don't know it's hard to say like i i, I feel like for books i borrow themes less um the influences question is always a hard one because there tend to be so many influences that don't fall under the scope of what one would normally consider influences for a video game like i think with with um something like slay the princess i think a lot of people are one when they ask that question they want to know oh so what are the games on that list and it feels like a lot of it is more um music um, some movies, like some TV. I don't remember if this was on the Reddit AMA, but I know, like, I, I put together my influences list on a Tumblr post <laughs> ages ago, and um, Ceremonials by Florence and the Machine was, like, up there towards the top. Um, Madoka Magica is on there for this. Um, I think... I think um, House of Leaves is not quite funny enough for it to be something that would have influenced the style because I always have to be a jokey little lad. You you come from an improv bracket, uh, background, of course. Unfortunately, <laughs> sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't turn it off. I mean, just look at me with my some of my questions. Um, and hey, but good on you finishing House of Leaves. I got a copy behind me that's. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm like back. I'm like a third of the way through, and uh, it's on hiatus while I uh, get through Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? So many hours between both of them. <laughs> Uh, funny you mentioned music. Uh, Brandon Boone, your composer, is not here to defend himself. Um, I he saw suffered that... for this project. Yeah, uh, fifty-four songs under the same uh, Lee motive, Leet motive, mm-hmm. uh, Late motif, Leet motif. I, I do improv. I don't do music. <laughs> 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 These were. I, I live in. Uh, I live in Missouri. We haven't gotten that word out here yet. Um, <laughs> What um why why are you guys doing this to your poor poor composer? Well, can we pay him? We pay him. <laughs> um, yeah. he loves the work. I think he really loves a challenge too. To be I fair, on our team, really I would say that there is a very specific type of suffering that every single person who worked on this project was put through, and it was the suffering of just having to maddeningly do the same thing again and again and again, but slightly different every time. I feel like in a lot of ways, it was uh, kind of like a training arc for everyone um, where I feel like everyone's art, everyone's form was elevated by the end of it, just because there were all of these heavy constraints where it's like for Brandon on the music. Yeah. All 54 of those tracks, they need the princess's leitmotif in it 
So um, you'd better figure out 54 different ways to express that, which um, pushed his boundaries a lot. And I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel comfy saying that um, this OST is the best work he's ever done. And I can't wait to see what he does next after it for Scarlet Hollow episode five. Um, Abby had to draw so many princesses. I did. Honestly, I feel I got a, a pretty good end of that stick. Beyond chapter two is where all of their backgrounds have to look really similar. Yeah. That one was mind-numbing. But then after that, they're all so different that uh, it felt like I was drawing new people every time. <laughs> yeah. If I ever have to write that interaction with that goddamn mirror in that goddamn cabin ever again, <laughs> I'm going to jump out this window. <laughs> I, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? No one's acknowledging the mirror. I think I'm going to leave it over there, too. Just leave it be. Great. But <laughs> because you could do things in any order, uh, every single one of those has to exist in its own conversation, including <laughs> the chapter three ones where we throw it right in front of you so you can't ignore it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I was I was I wanted to jump back to the art real quick, uh, real quick, Abby. Uh, I don't think we got into, and I'm sure you've had a similar question like this a lot. Do you have a Do you have a princess that you were just by the end of it, you're like, I don't want to draw this princess anymore. That's a good point. I have actually. I don't think I've been asked who my least favorite to draw was. Oh man. You found the razor vis viscerally upsetting to draw by the end of it, like your all swords form. Yeah, I think it's got to be the razor because <laughs> I mean, she becomes just a big pile of knives, and like the pile of knives part was actually pretty easy to draw. It was her rib cage situation mm. that was so difficult because I was just like, "How did I draw this so good the first time, and why can't I imitate it in all of these other pictures of her?" It's got to be between her and, even though I love drawing the fury. She was a pain in the ass because she's got a lot of parts that I have to keep track of. She's the one who's like the flayed god. So yeah. she's got like Wearing a, a dress of her own skin. skin. The dress is easy. It's all of her muscles. Oh, I have yeah. to keep track of it. I have to draw it the same every time. It's got to have the same kind of shading or else it'll look weird. So the consistency for the fury was the hard thing. And then with the razor, it's just, I have to draw her again. That thing. <laughs> so. What? And you oh have to God. draw her in action shots. Abby hates drawing action. So are, are those like the square panels that like, so like if it, you were fighting the princess over the knife, those yeah. like three square panels? Yeah, kind of. Then uh, there's other action shots that are like full screen CGs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like all of them are annoying. Like it was a, a bunch of stuff. And then there's like a separate variation uh, for the ending of the razor where you can force her knife body to crumple so then i had to also draw the giant mini knife woman crumpling uh -huh. so did a great job it was quite the challenge yeah there's it looked, it looked uh there's, great yeah the, we have a lot of similarities but there's just a few areas where there's like a, a heavy push and pull between us um one of them is like my main extracurricular growing up um the martial arts so i'm always like all right so then you throw this kind of punch and then you move like this and then um abby never wants to draw a fight scene ever 
Um, well, to be fair, you're also, I, I have to draw it from a first person perspective, which does not make it very fun because I can absolutely draw action if it's two characters fighting. That's because fair. then it's like an interesting interaction. Whereas when it is just something is happening to your body, then it's like, oh, her limb is flying at you again. Game um, three will be third person with a fixed design for the protagonist <laughs> and it's nothing but action scenes nothing but fights the whole time uh so you you both uh you both had a hand in the writing uh, mm-hmm. how much did you guys enjoy writing the the they're not all heroes but all the voices of the heroes so like the the voice of the hunted and all did you the better question is did you enjoy writing the voices or the princess more the princess was always more enjoyable to write for the most part. There were there were some voices that were really fun, really like the contrarian, really like the opportunist. Um, but there's a lot of complexity with them. And there's a lot of challenges in terms of like, especially when you get to chapter three, there's a lot of conversations in the woods where a given chapter three might have as many as four different like, potential voices who could show up so all those conversations had to be structured in a way where it's like and then if you have this combo it veers off in this direction and this combo veers off in this direction but then they all have to join in on this central idea so the story can move forward and be consistent again um so that was like kind of maddening to write yeah, I think that would probably sour you on almost anything and not sour I suppose no I didn't sour but it was it was it was a challenge. Um, yeah, and plus the princess is so different that uh, I think it's a similar thing to the art where she's so strange every time that figuring out her voice is really fun. Right. Yeah. And and I'm sure the visual aspect helped. Whereas you had so you have the visual. You have oh hey this is the prisoner. We know that she's devious and can't be trusted and has the chain and everything whereas oh another disembodied voice uh all right well, how how's this guy got a sound uh what's he look like uh who am i pick what friend am i picturing in my head that we know <laughs> something like that um and it is like johnny did an incredible job just immediately coming up with a voice for like every single one of them yeah it was pretty amazing i know that you guys had mentioned that, you know, you kind of didn't want to talk about the ending and like, you know, you, it's more fun for everybody if they add their own interpretation. So I won't I won't do that for you. But what is something that you for players who play Scarlet Hollow or Slay the Princess, either one, what is something that you want players to come away with from either experience? So something we were talking about earlier um, and I, I, I tweeted about this a little bit tonight is um, I feel like there's this very logical task-driven orientation that people have when they play video games um, that specifically for choice-driven narratives, I think lessens the experience. Um, So this, this in the context of Slay the Princess or, you know, folks who are constantly grasping either for let me find the most logical choices to make rather than, you know, acting off of emotion or people who enter either of our games kind of from the position of, well, I'm going to 100% this and see everything and I'm going to be methodical about it. 
where we go out of our way to one, make 100%ing it in terms of seeing every line next to impossible. There's so many tiny variations. And it would drive you as insane as it drove us to write. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but like at the end of the day, we want it to be, we want interacting with narrative games and especially our narrative games to be more about the joy of discovery, of pu- putting yourself wholly in this position and reacting in this like, you know, very emotional human way with the text rather than min-maxing their way to an ideal world state. Um, yeah, like on Scarlet Hollow's development, um, when he first started designing interactive narratives, a big note on the wall to to guide ourselves was avoiding something that really frustrated me growing up playing um you know 2000s era bioware games which were hugely formative experiences and i love them dearly uh i do not mean this to be like an aggressive dunk but it's like where there are right answers to every question and it's like you know they would pose interesting moral dilemmas but then oh if you looked at a guide in advance and you game the systems properly there was always an optimal outcome and then a playthrough became less about living in this world and grappling with these dilemmas as a means of examining yourself and more what is the step-by-step guide that I follow to achieve optimal happiness and good ending so the takeaway we would want people to have is don't do that yeah <laughs> play for your heart stay off the internet get off the <laughs> get off the YouTube walkthrough video what are you doing? <laughs> But don't watch that. Uh, so, uh, Scarlet Hollow. I don't know how much how much longer that's going to take you, but let's say you know you guys finish that up, you get the rest of those chapters out. What is what is next? You got your thing first. Yeah, I've got. I have a web comic that I have to finish. <laughs> it's been on hiatus <laughs> for a very long time, but it will be finished uh, as soon as Scarlet Hollow is done. Yeah, and then. Uh, I do have another comic I want to do after We're that. We're doing a third game. <laughs> I think we're probably going to do a third game before I can get to my little anthology that I want to do. Yeah. But. Uh, what third game is, is up in the air right now. We have a bunch of good ideas. Um, that list expands and contracts pretty much every month. So who knows where we'll be a couple years from now when um, Scarlet Hollow is finished and and Tony a year. has nothing to do but sit around and ponder while we finish <laughs> Which will take between like one and two years, probably two. Probably more than two, I don't know. Probably more than two, no. <laughs> no. He's his most dangerous when he's sitting around pondering like that. Yeah, Abby vi- visited her, her family and left me to my own devices for the first time since the pandemic started for like a couple weeks and the script for the demo for Slay the Princess was done in that time. Um, that's, that's So yeah, who knows what uh, the, any oh, amount of time yeah. of pondering would do for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to think the next time my wife and kids leave me for like a day or two, I'm going to think about that and think about how unproductive I'm being <laughs> just because you did that. <laughs> uh, so you guys sound still sound super busy. I, Tony, we kind of talked about what you were reading and playing a little bit, but um, Abby, are you reading and playing anything between all this work or listening to anything uh, that stands out? 
I sure am. I'm playing Dave the Diver. I also <sighs> played Dredge earlier this year. I it's like it's rare for me to get sucked into a video game on my own without being like a group thing with Tony. So uh, clearly my heart yearns for the sea. <laughs> I'm <laughs> very do... excited for the the crossover DLC that's coming out. Okay, yeah, that's not I, I was wondering if that was out yet or not because I heard I about that's it. Friday. They made this just for me. <laughs> I may need to jump back into Dave the Diver. <laughs> it's been a few months. Uh, and Dredge, oh, Dredge is great too. Oh my gosh, stop it. I've got so much I need to play, you guys. Uh, I think I already blew my last question on you guys. <laughs> it's good. Say okay. <laughs> it's good. Um, any Anything else about Slay the Princess or anything else you guys got going on? uh over at black tabby games uh where can the where can the folks keep up with you where can they get scarlet hollow and slay the princess buy them on steam or gog um we've got a discord server and a mailing list those are probably the two best places to keep up with us who knows how long twitter will exist i resent the fact that it is uh it remains our highest engagement platform so i must remain in the tweet minds freaking freaking twitter i mean you could always try linkedin linkedin's numbers are going pretty (laughs) pretty good right now um yeah so hey guys thank you so much for doing this tonight uh congrats on the release and also the success of the game it seems from the outside looking in that people love it and people love what you're doing and uh if i'm not mistaken you guys have a um you have a stream coming up right uh, if this is going up on Monday, the stream will have happened. Yes. The VOD will probably be up at some point, though. I'm very excited. We're having our voice actors read everything out live. So good luck to them, uh, as if we haven't already put them through enough. <laughs> but it should be a lot of fun. I, think I like really to make them suffer. Through suffering, we are forged into better and more <laughs> productive people. <laughs> it's my understanding John hasn't played the game yet. He, he is not. He can't stand to hear his own performances because he starts mm. nitpicking himself. So <laughs> this 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 live stream was actually his idea as a means of not waiting like four years to, to see how the game goes. <laughs> That's yeah, right. This wasn't even us. That's great. Well, hey, if you're listening to this right now, go. Ch- I'm sure that VOD is up over on the Black Tabby Games YouTube channel or up on their Twitch, so go check it out over there. Probably both. Probably both. Probably in both. Go look for those. Again, Avi, Tony, thank you so much. Amazing game. Keep us. up the great work and can't wait to see what you guys do next. Thank you so much. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks, <laughs>